self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am somebody that does not understand people getting other folks names tattooed on them okay also known as calamity red all righty then well you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the little uh, the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it into our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and send it to us that way. But first, we're going to hit y'all with some of this poetry. What we, gonna, we should call this like a segment or something. I don't know what what would we call it though. I don't know. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> gonna hit you with these snaps. <laughs> I don't like that. No snaps. Mm-mm. I don't know. Poetry. Poetry something. Y'all send us some names. What do y'all think the poetry segment should be called? Entitled. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Let's, we can call it something though at some point. Did you go first last week or did I? I went first oh, last okay, week. Nigga. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> I guess that means I go first this week. That's what it means. Okay. Well, I'm going to do one of my most metaphoric <laughs> poems ever. Oh, it's just, Jesus. It's I'm a big get ass. Lost. Huh? I'm finna get lost. Is it, no, it's, it's, I, I hope it's easy to follow, but it's a big ass just metaphor. Um, and it's called a tree. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> See, she told me her man is a rock in her world, and no matter how many times he is push-pulled and tugged by other girls, he's staying solid and sound. But it turned out that he was more like a pebble of stone, because when times got hard, she ended up alone, and he was nowhere to be found. And he told me his girl is a beautiful flower, and that she is so in love that he had the power to make her blossoms bloom like no other man. But it turned out other bees were tasting her nectar, too, and so he ended up feeling like a fool because he was doing what every other man can, could, and did. For you see, a rolling stone gathers no moss, and every rose is going to have its thorns, and I am at, at, and I am at a loss for why one would want either of those things. Because, see, you, you are my tree, and I know that there is no need to worry, for the intricacy, intricacies of your roots will sustain me. You see, I am not afraid to walk out on your limbs, because I know that if I fall, I can count on you, for you are only one call away, and at the bottom, your leaves of love will catch me and make my landing soft. You see, your roots run deep and unmovable you are, and even 20 years from now, I know you won't be far from my side. People try to tear you down with their axes of negativity, but you have sustained years of bad weather and have acquired longevity, and they are wasting their time. And the climate of our love does sometimes change, but your bark is tough and you can endure the cold rain because you know soon the sun will shine. When I feel suffocated by life and begin to slow my pace, your photosynthesis produces the air I need to continue the race, and I know you will always be there for me. So you see, I don't need you to be my rock, nor am I your flower, but you are my tree and I your river, and together we have the power to endure whatever comes our way. A tree that's planted by the water shall not be moved, and neither will we. I remember that. Yes. I remember reading that when you posted that. Yes. Tons that was of, good. Tons of, just a big ass, <laughs> a big ass metaphor. Yeah, it's a big metaphor, not a whole bunch of little metaphors. Yeah, That's how yeah. I get lost in poetry. When, when it be a lot of different metaphors. Oh, That's no. why I try to make, like, my poetry is less very straightforward. Yes. You know, it's as straightforward as I can be. It is, it, I try not to make it my own personal references based off of the knowledge I have. I kind of try to write oh, them yeah. to be. Because then other people won't understand it. Yeah, but you know. Some people hinge upon their own knowledge to connect the stuff. And I just, I'm not well read enough. Yeah. And I know that I'm not 
because I don't like to read <laughs> because mainly I have narcolepsy <laughs> and I fall asleep every time I read. Like I don't even I read a lot of articles and I read a lot of data and a lot of read a lot of research and a lot mm-hmm. of mental health stuff, but it's to enhance the skills of my profession. I use these things every day, but yeah. like. I'm not well read enough to be able to pick up on a lot of the subtleties of a lot of things that's going on with with a lot of poetry. Yeah. So I like I like that. A tree being unmovable when it's by the water, I feel like it's something that most people if they have gospel songs like a tree, I'm not gonna sing, but they have gospel <laughs> songs. I shall not be moved is one of the songs that references a tree being planted by the water. So yeah. I need to stop telling my thing myself that I'm gonna do things knowing I'm gonna forget because I did not I did not take out the part of the podcast last week where I was messing up. <laughs> I mean everybody who's listening now know by now. <laughs> I don't remember even if we had any dialogue. I think I told you I was gonna take it out. You did, and I wow. reminded you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's 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 weird. Just realizing right now that y'all heard me mess up, and I don't even know what I said after that. I don't know, but I, I reminded you about taking it out. You did. I did. I was trying to help. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, but anyway, this is uh, this is one of my. It don't rhyme as much as I, you know, I normally write, but it's like really symbolic and whatnot. It's called "I'm Going to Hang Her on My Heart." Forever stained by the colors of past lovers, she fails to realize that she is a work of art. She looks in the mirror and swears she only sees splatters of paint, but I can see the emotionally driven strokes derived from her soul. I can see the sad blues that humble her soul and give her search purpose, down to the resilient reds that helped her see the danger of her anger. And I can see the cautious yellows that hold her back from embarking on her hatred. My eyes can see the envious greens that have showed her how she's selective in who she trusts her soul to. Even the refined sophistication of violet that sparks her desire to find love. On a canvas that was surely the purest white once upon a time, but white canvases never reached the status of priceless, only those that have been painted. In her case, tainted. So her stains are accurate so her stains are actually immaculately <laughs> So her stains are actually immaculate expressions of her inner desires for her past lovers are not the ones who placed the paint upon the canvas. They were there to inspire and to simply provide the tools. Then they provided the colors. And with every love lost, she took those emotional hues and expressed the pain all over her soul, eventually creating a passionate masterpiece. And as men have searched far and wide for this piece, I believe I've discovered it only Others have kept it locked away in basements and stashed up in the attics, only making it worth more for the man who decides to hang her on his heart. Snap, 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 snap. Snap, 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 snap. I'll have to do my color piece next week. I have one. For colored people? Well, it's not for colored people, but there are colors within the piece. (laughs) (laughs) For colored people. Well, all of mine are for colored people. Um, so I guess Not like the movie though. That's right. Hell no. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I don't even want to. Let me not get on my soapbox about that stupid ass movie. Uh, okay. So I have a couple of questions. Or did you want to do? Let Collins? me do. Uh, let me do Colin's letter first. Okay. What's up, Colin? Man, I appreciate you for sending us this article. This long. It's long, long but it's good. <laughs> Tana Coates is the. I mean, he write. He write for the new Black Panther. So like. His 
his contribution to the culture right now is very potent. You know, uh, so this is his piece about Kanye. It's called uh, "I'm Not Black, I'm Kanye," and I guess that's the play on the O.J. Simpson. I'm not black. I'm OJ. Yeah, I don't think he actually said that. I think they said oh, okay. it. In, I think Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character said it in there, but I think it captured the essence of how mm-hmm. OJ Simpson actually behaved yeah. in in the context of a white America that loved him versus a blackness that I don't think he valued when he was enshrouded in that world. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the article. So let me say what he's saying. Please read and comment not just about Kanye, but about the greater idea of this article. P.S. Even the artwork is fire and has depth and meaning. Uh, look up I'm Not Black, I'm Kanye by Ta-Nehisi Coates. The artwork is fire. Uh, and P.P.S. Red, quit playing. You know that man only owns one shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. You know what? So now what I'm going to do <laughs> is every time I go out with him I'm going to have to take pictures. Which won't be often because he works out of town so he's hardly ever here. But I'm going to see him this week. I'm going to take pictures. I'm not posting them on the on our Facebook page, but I am going to post them in our group. And y'all are going to have to acknowledge this nigga has other shirts other than that gray shirt. Well, next time you spend a span of, of days with him. That's this week. He better not have that shirt on now really one of them days. He does and at this point, you got to send us them pictures know, from every day. I know. I know. I'm going to see him <laughs> uh, Wednesday and Friday this week. I'm going to take a picture both days. Okay. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he won't have that fucking shirt on. It's not a bad shirt. It's just he doesn't wear it all the time. Like y'all have insinuated. He has other shirts. So when you read articles, what what compels you to continue reading the article? The first few lines. You have to capture me in the first few lines, especially if it's a longer article. If you don't catch me in the first few lines, I'm out. I'm not going to read it. Or I'm going to skim it and miss a lot of shit that you wanted me to capture. So you have to capture my attention. Because you're going to have a clever title and then I start reading it and I'm just not interested. So you're going to have to capture my... And that article did. The first few sentences did a good job of that. So this is is how I measure whether I'm going to read an article. Or how much effort I'm going to put into completing an article. Mm -hmm. The title first. Yes. If your title is ass, I'm not going to get to what may be an amazing article, right? The title can be moderately good. When it's moderately good, it hinges upon that first few, that first paragraph for me. Mm-hmm. The first paragraph, if you can get me in it and introduce some things that you're going to educate me about, inform me about, then I read it. Yes. One thing that supersedes both of those, though, is a writer that I'm familiar with and that I like. Like, a writer that I know I've read good stuff from, I can, I can... You know, title might be horrible, but I'm expecting to get something from from the article. Yeah. You know, and Ta-Nehisi Coates, he's just one of those people that wins the competition of his name means more than me now than the article. Mm-hmm. But I also like the artwork, but I also like the, the name of it. I'm not black, I'm Kanye. Mm-hmm. But he okay. also does encapsulate you in the very beginning. So he got all the recipe for me to read his his articles all the way through. But more than that, within his writing... Which is how I can see how potent his writing is in in the Black Panther series. He really tells a story. Like, he creates a context about what he's trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, he goes into his own. So, this article is basically about, it starts off talking about his love and our love for, in the black community, for Michael Jackson. 
Yes. You know, uh, but we do have to recognize that Michael Jackson was seeking to erase his blackness. Yes. Now, I don't know if that was, you know, everybody talk about the, vitil- uh, the vitiligo, but I don't really know if that's in a search for whiteness, you know, or in a rejection of blackness. What do, you, what, like, what do you think? Like, do you think there's a difference or do you think it matters which is which? Uh, like, can you be okay with blackness in general, even though you're seeking to be white? No. Or does seeking to be white have to be a rejection of blackness? I think seeking... And, be, is it a di- and is it a difference between your own blackness and group blackness? Like, can you can you have that struggle of trying to run away from your own blackness and still accept black as, as a culture in a group context? No, because... I, so... Because you asked a couple of different questions. Okay, so as far as being able to accept blackness but pursue whiteness, I feel like there is such there's such a dichotomy between those two things that I don't know that you can do that. If if I'm if I'm chasing after whiteness, in doing so, I'm not going to be able to be accepted because being accepting of your blackness, you wouldn't be in pursuit of this thing that has been the cause of an impression of the very thing that you are. Um, so I just don't think that you can do that. Um, as far as your blackness is separated from the group blackness, the world doesn't. <laughs> I mean, you can try to do that, but just know in doing that, that the world is, you're still going to be, the group blackness is what you will be perceived as. You know, part of being black in America, the fucked up thing is that we are looked at as a group. We're not looked at individually. White people get the the uh, advantage of they they want to be looked at and are looked at on an individual basis. They can have bad white people. They can have good white people. They can have okay white people. Black people, we just all get lumped into the same category. So, I mean, you can try to separate yourself from the group, but know that the people around you are not. You're still going to be tied in with the rest of us. So perceptually. So you're saying it don't matter if you're seeking to be accepted by the other group, you're not going to be accepted by that group. Probably not. No. Unless the whole if they accept the group as a whole. If you're looking for acceptance for you individually, separate from the group, I think you're going to be disappointed because we're just not looked at that way. Because what's going to happen is they're going to treat you uh, marginally better because you're the exception to the rule of black is bad. But it's still not, you're not going to be their equal. You might be treated marginally better, but you will never be their equal. I don't know. I Michael Jackson was never, he never really did or said anything that indicated to me that he rejected blackness yeah no you know like so him i feel like that's that's what i'm saying but 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 he is the core and the epitome of what everybody after him has become in terms of trying to leave blackness but i feel like michael jackson all the trauma that he sustained and and I'm sure trauma that we don't even know about I just feel like that might I don't know that you can look at that in such a black and white kind of situation where it's there was a lot more that went into that his issues like hit the where he was mentally that drove him to to lighten his skin the way that he did I don't even know that it was 
I mean, for him, blackness just might not have blackness for him was growing up in a household. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like there's a lot more that went into his escape as opposed to him just wanting to just not be black. Um, I don't think that he was accepted. He was accepted by um, black people, but his black family, specifically his dad, it was never good enough. He was never good enough. None of them were ever good enough. Uh, and so I feel like there's just aspects to his situation that don't speak to other situations like Kanye's. Um, it's just different. I don't look at I don't look at them in the same context because Michael Jackson had all that all of them. I mean that whole all him and all all his siblings had fucking issues based on you know. Uh, this this childhood that they had or lack thereof rather because they didn't really get a childhood so uh, I always tie his issues with back to to the abuse and and the the difficulty they had growing up I didn't look at it as him just not wanting to be black I got you black wasn't good enough I mean in his family he wasn't accepted his black family and he was being accepted by all of these other groups and I think he was seeking acceptance for a, a completely different reason. I don't know that he was trying to escape blackness as, as much as he was just trying to find a place where he was accepted wholly and completely. So the essence of or the connection with Michael is that, you know, he referred to Michael Jackson as a God in his time. Yeah. Bitches was falling. I never understood that. But yeah. But the, but the thing is he was a God for a long time mm-hmm. before these issues appeared in his career. Mm-hmm. You know, you he was some albums in, and he, yeah. I mean, people, the glove, mm-hmm. the moonwalk. Yep. You know, he mentioned stepping on stones and they turning to light. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, and and that's the connection that he made to Kanye. Like Kanye has been a god in his own right. He been doing this for 20 years, and it kind of seemed like George Bush don't care about black people. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like that was his moment. It seemed like a more of an, at this point it seemed like more of a moment to draw attention to him, not necessarily and a moment I to. I think that's what his whole like. I I think that that is his motivation for most things is to draw attention to himself. Kanye very much has you know symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder, and he gonna draw he draws attention to himself. You know, during that point in time, that was the greatest way to draw attention to himself because of what was going on in the world. And in this point in time, the greatest way to draw attention to himself, because even if he came out in support of Black Lives Matter, Beyonce has done that. Jay-Z, there are are artists that have come out in support. You know, Beyonce, Lemonade was full of of, of black imagery and all of this stuff. So for Kanye to to step above that and to to do what he does as as far as being noticed, he he had to go in the other direction. He had to be pro-Trump as opposed to being pro-black, because pro-black is kind of in now. You know what I'm saying? Like people are being woke is kind of in, and so he would have blended in with the rest of these celebrities. I don't I like. like. I don't like when you say it's in. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like as if it's just popular for now. I I, just, I don't think we can go back. I don't think I don't think nobody intends to go back from where we at. I don't. With I don't think the group of us does. I think some of the people are doing it for the wrong reasons. That's what I mean by it's in. Um because i feel like if it were to if if they were to levy a bunch of um most people are not going to do what colin kaepernick did 
most people are not going to stand beside it regardless of what that means for them right now you can do it in, in some of these areas and, and not be impacted by it so people are doing it but i feel like if everybody had to to have the make the choice that colin kaepernick had to make i think a lot of these celebrities would have chosen their career as opposed to standing up for what they believe in i just don't believe that everybody is feels the same way about it he he uh, believed in it so much that he put his career on the fucking line to do it. I don't think a lot of these people who are doing it now are in it. But that I don't deeply. think not doing that means that what role you are playing in it, like, is not genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I won't say that it's not genuine, but like I said, I feel like it's easier to do it for some of these people without consequence. But I feel like if if it wasn't as easy to do that and still be able to sell your albums or do what you do, that some people wouldn't. Because like I know, I'm I know my role. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm a role player in the game of of this situation, mm -hmm. and I know that I'm not. Regardless of how people feel about me hearing this, I'm not going. I'm not going into the streets mm -hmm. to march. That's not my thing. Yeah. That's that's not what I'm doing. I'm not I'm not going to jeopardize my job. I feel like I am somewhat an interpreter. Mm -hmm. You know, so my my version of activism, and like I said, whether people agree with it or not, is one that will challenge people's thoughts, that will challenge white people about things, challenge other brown people that need to be mm -hmm. challenged, that will have an interpretive view that might help it make sense to somebody. Like, that's my role. Yeah. I think everybody got a role to play. Now, I do think there are people who just doing this shit because it's popular and because you can easily find some people to do it, mm -hmm. you know, but shit, I... I don't think everybody I deleted like my that. inflammatory YouTube videos once I started my my biz, my counseling business. Oh, yeah. Because I can't even make a video like that in the community I work in because if somebody see an inflammatory video, I'm it's going to mess me all up yeah. down here in deep south Alabama. Oh yeah. And I work with a bunch of uh lawyers and judges and you know different people who look at me and smile. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it can easily they can easily look at me and frown or be disgusted. Yep. Based but, on something that I do like that, you know. I so I said that to say that Kanye likes to get even though uh, George Bush don't like black people, Kanye got attention on a national scale from that, right? He CNN, he was all over the place. The exact same way that he has gotten attention on a national scale now with the slavery was a choice and like his his love, his newfound love for Trump. He's on CNN. He the. Uh, New York Post, like New York Times, like all of these places, he's he's getting uh, seen on the national scale again, the same way he did when he said George Bush don't like black people. So uh, he attention seeking is is what he's very good at, and doing it in the biggest way possible is is what he's good at. Yeah, you know because he he's making the rounds on all of the Fox News said some shit about you know what I'm saying like he he's making the rounds. In doing what yeah, he's Sarah doing. Sarah Palin just gave him a shout out mm -hmm. about that. So, and that wouldn't have happened had he came out with like uh, Black Lives Matter or some pro-black stuff. He would have gotten attention. It wouldn't have been the attention. It wouldn't have been the level of what he's getting now. And I think he is. Uh, he everybody want to call him a genius. I feel like he's a genius at definitely getting the amount of attention, the the most attention he could possibly get out of a situation. He gonna milk that shit, and so what that calls for in this particular occasion was 
you know, shouting out Trump and doing all of this shit Trump related when he was saying that George Bush doesn't like black people. I think that it's the attention that he gets. Well, I'm gonna point out one more thing in the article before I talk about what I took out of it, uh, Colin. If you got a, like a specific question about it or, or like your take on it, then you know I I like to hear that or any questions you know that you want specific. But he talked about how when he began writing himself and started writing a book and started publishing and started being noticed and started being a little bit more famous, he just don't feel like that is a life that a human is meant to endure, and so. For for what it's worth, it's really good to go to a restaurant and, and clear it out and be able to get a seat immediately. But the social socially isolated component of it, I think, helps him kind of understand how somebody like Kanye can be so disconnected mm-hmm. from it. But the essence that I took from it and, and something that he mentioned that, that makes a lot of sense is that when you're on a path of destruction of yourself, that's fine. But when you don't recognize that the destruction can be trans, as with Kanye, it's going to be, um, what word am I trying to use? Ripple effect. It's going to be transferred to the community, mm-hmm. to the children, to the culture. Yep. That's the problem. That was the problem with Michael Jackson. When Michael Jackson shift changed, it changed a whole bunch of kids that grew up in that, that time frame. Mm-hmm. And just like right now, what Kanye is saying is changing a lot of people's perspective on some shit that should not really be tampered with. Because we pretty much had an all-encompassing understanding of how shit's been. And now you got so many people looking at Kanye and defending him because they value his heart and the the effort that he's put into what he is you know but motherfucker all kingdoms fall yep you know i just wonder what his i just i wonder what his new album gonna be like i'm not after the scoopity boobity doobity dop i'm just not i i haven't been i mean i i've been listening to kanye since them first three albums and that's not gonna change now this this media storm did not make me any more inclined to listen to that album than i was before he even did all of this shit because i jump shipped jump ship from kanye a long time ago i'm probably gonna listen to all of these albums he fooling with Nas, pusha t his album i don't really care about no kid cut it though I so I don't I don't really know nothing about him. I think that's the person he got another album or dual album with. I think with. so, yeah. But you know, yeah. So and that ain't even directly because it is again. I had kind of I was done with Kanye a long time ago, so this didn't change my perception. If anything, I mean, it just made me be like, okay, so yeah, don't really give a fuck about his music anymore. That was the right decision that I made. <laughs> I mean, blackness is on trial like a motherfucker right now. Between black people. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll talk about that more when we get a charge can't be no, but let's go to the uh the questions you got. So would you stay with well, it says would you stay with a man that had a baby with someone else, but a woman that got pregnant and it wasn't your baby. Did she cheat on me? How else is it going to not be your baby? Because we could have just been dating and not formally have announced that we're in a relationship while it happened. Okay, let's say that happened. Would you stay with her? I don't know if that's an absolute deal breaker. If she got a lot of redeeming qualities. If she cheat on me, we got a problem. 
but if it's somebody that I met that was pregnant or somebody that I met that we were dating and was still having casual interactions with people and got pregnant, I don't know. Okay. I mean, mostly no. Okay, mostly no. I don't like I don't know if a woman exists with the level of redeeming qualities, but I'm not going to say absolutely not. She might be 99% of what I want, but the 1% is that she had a baby that ain't going to be mine. And you had a dad who may have been I want to be involved, so now you got this other nigga that's going to be around now. Uh, th- so, uh, from my perspective, fuck no. Um, if you, if I'm dating, hell, the guy that I'm dating right now, if he called me and was like, hey, Red, uh, you know, because we're, you know, we just dating and stuff, uh, and I just found out I'm going to be a dad. Good luck with that, nigga. <laughs> Godspeed. Good luck. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not, it's too much. I don't want to be involved in that. If it's still in the beginning stages where you are still out here able to do your thing, that means that I'm not that invested yet. And that means that I have, on the one hand, I can continue this with you with this huge fucking complication that we now have. Or I could just find somebody that ain't got these complications. And I'm not I'm not far enough in in the beginning where I can't walk away from this shit. It's too much. I'm sorry. I mean, ideally, no. It, you know what I'm saying? But it's not, I don't think it's an absolute deal breaker. Mine is a deal breaker. Type situation. Because uh, now, you know, you're going to have all these interactions with her while we're still trying to decide, you know, date and see. It's too much. I just... And then pregnant women and they hor- I just don't want to deal with that shit. I don't want to deal with her calling you in the middle of us doing some shit because she having Braxton. Hicks. I don't. I don't want to deal with. That's too much. I'm sorry. Like you need to focus on the fact that you about to be a dad and not on me. I just. It's too much. You I've been in this situation before. I have not. That's. I was. I've been cheated on and, and somebody got somebody pregnant while we were together. Well, I started like, talking to somebody that didn't know they was pregnant while we was talking and i don't remember how long it take you to find that out but like we was talking for a while and then she found out she was but it like created a lot of dilemmas with her faith and her family and yeah you know so it created a lot of dilemmas so she like distanced herself it is a difficult like (laughs) but like after after that like we still kind of hung out while she was pregnant you know a little bit but like she distanced herself to a level where we we couldn't really it just she needed to focus on on that and her becoming a mom so so it's not an absolute deal breaker but because nope (laughs) i'm not doing it it is a deal breaker for me that would be you need to focus on how what y'all finna do with this like i don't need to be a distraction to this and i don't want to feel like an asshole if i get upset because it's too much you just need to focus on that situation and work that out with her but i mean at the end of the day i want i want to date somebody that does not have children may or may not want children and if we do have children, I want it to be me, a combination of me and her. Yeah. You know, I don't. And it took me a long time to say this out loud, especially considering where I work. I don't want to foster or adopt kids. Yeah. I work with foster kids and and, and kids that have adopt, are adopted. 
and kids that just go through those issues whether they adopt it or not mm -hmm. and i just i don't know if i will ever have a break from work if i have a child at my house with, with some of the things that i work with kids on yeah. i'll probably be the best person to to work with them and help them but like not what like, about me yeah and i don't know if that's selfish or not but it's one of those things where it's really honorable to adopt and it's honorable to foster but it's very important to know where your limitations are because if you get into something because it's 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 looked upon as a positive thing to do but at the cost of your own emotional health and your own stability mental stability i i know my limitations yeah. i i know that i i like to come home kick my shoes off and and just play the game for three hours i like to do that in my future sometimes but that's a big part of why i don't know if i want to have kids like because yeah. i gotta come home get my shoes on go pick a kid up and bring them back so they could play the game you know that they want to play or instead help of me. them with their homework yeah if it's a weekday they can't play so that's going to be hard and and i'm real i don't i don't believe i'm the kind of person that would not be able to treat once I commit to doing something, not be able to treat a child like mine, like it's mine. But if you're a foster parent or adopted parent, just from my experience, I'll tell you something. You cannot treat a foster or adopted kids like it's one of your own kids. I don't think it's possible and I don't think it's a good idea. I think you need to treat that child within the context of what their experiences have been. Your their experience is gonna be different than yours. Your children, if you have them while you fostering or adopting, have had they had two parents, and they probably never got removed from the home. And it's really admirable to say I treat them like they my own kids. But so I got a family that say I, that I treat them like they my own kids, but they can't whoop the adoptive kid, but they can whoop mm -hmm. their child. And so it's causing a dilemma between the the foster child and they yeah. child because they keep telling the kids we treat y'all the same but they don't because but you they ain't can't whooping his ass and I just got my ass whoop yeah but the, I mean the, the son is used to that mm -hmm. he's fine with it but it just creates a dilemma where because they whoop their kid they got to do other things with the with the foster child like take their phone away from longer than they take it away from their actual son because they whoop their son mm -hmm. so given this illusion that you treat your child those children the same it's gonna cause more psychological dilemmas between your actual kids and your kids you got to treat a foster child within the context of the the situation they've been through mm -hmm. and that i just you know like i said it take a long time to say this out loud but i'd rather be but i tell kids on my caseload you can't be honest with yourself until you honest you can't be honest with other people until you're honest, honest with the person in the mirror yeah and so I, I i i had to tell myself things like this in the mirror to get comfortable enough with saying it out loud mm -hmm. you know and so and so i'm not hiding from it now whether it's popular opinion or not and the lady at dhr keep trying to get me to be a foster parent i ain't i ain't with it but mm -mm. you know the essence of the essence of me is that i want to raise a child with a woman the first just me and her that's us raising the child and her being pregnant early in a situation outside of infidelity ain't a deal breaker for me infidelity is a deal breaker you know what i'm saying like it's a wrap go find him or go find a dude <laughs> go find a dude that's like me <laughs> who's okay with getting <laughs> with you 
before being pregnant? in a relationship while yeah. you're pregnant and, and go for that. But like infidelity early, it ain't many things early that I, I will accept. <laughs> it depends on how early, but like if I have not started to invest in you, then it ain't much you could do that make me say, well, we'll stick it out. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Uh, when you break up with someone, should you, you cut family ties too? I'm going to say it depends on what level of family, right? I feel like if you're friends with somebody's cousin, as long as you ain't asking their cousin about what he's doing anymore, I could see that. But like parents, grandparents, them type of shits, you do not need to still be hanging out with his mama and y'all ain't together no more. That's fucking weird. Like, So hanging out is the extent to it? Like are we talking about unfriending on Facebook, blocking on stuff? Like what are we talking about? I don't about? really understand blocking it. I mean, because here's the thing. We don't have to interact just because we're friends. I got shit ton of people on um that I'm that's on my list of friends that I never talk to. So I don't see you think you need to like block folks and shit. But like, and if like if somebody's birthday you want to post happy birthday on the wall, I can see that. But like, so <laughs> he gonna kill me. But AC, <laughs> y'all don't know who he is really, so it doesn't matter. AC has had two situations where the women have called his mom after they weren't together anymore that's mm -hmm. a problem like no why are you doing that like i feel like it depends on the level of family cousins okay i can see that but like like moms dads that type of shit like i just don't think that you should be cool with them like that no more after y'all ain't together no more like the family comes as a package and when that part gets severed the package go back with it too like i don't know that's weird to me i wouldn't mm. i think it depends on how the relationship ends you know even if it ends good it's gonna be weird if he move on with somebody else he got this other girl who getting mixed into the family and then i'm still coming around and shit like when we ain't together no more that's gonna create that would be weird for me if this guy that i'm seeing now if we got to the point where i, I met his family and i go to a family event and the ex is there and he like well i didn't invite him my mama did the fuck is your mom still like that's gonna be weird for me i'm not gonna be okay with that that's crazy why is your mama still talking to her like that that's yeah. why y'all ain't got no kid together why is she here that's weird even if if the breakup was good it just seems like a weird thing for your new person to to <laughs> to, to deal with this is a layered situation like I, I understand what you're saying but like it's so many different things you can be tied into with another person's family that you won't necessarily always cut it off like you what know? like uh if you have a family member that is like connected you to something regarding your career you know what i'm saying like you work in an environment that they family work in too and like there's a lot of things that could be tied to that person but y'all i feel like your interactions is still not gonna necessarily or i i wouldn't want our interactions to be the exact same because it's weird after you break up even if we work in the same building if i don't have to see you if i was going out of my way to see you because we were cool because i was dating such and such i'm not gonna go out of my way no more to see you so you you are one hit a quitter right yes. you once you done fucked up it's a wrap yes. on your world like everything the bridge with them on the other side and everything that's connected to them is gone we I know that's you but <laughs> what won't, is me i won't say 
see that. I mean, that sounds very cut and dry. I'm just saying it ain't going to be how it was prior to. I'm not going to unfriend you on Facebook. I'm not going to do all the block you or none of that shit. But I'm not going to be showing up at family events either. Oh, okay. So that that is an extreme version of that. You know, but I'm not. I'm or not even gonna like calling somebody. If I if I dated a guy, we broke up. Even if he was on good terms, I'm not still gonna. If I and I used to, my cousin, um, got really close with her boyfriend mama. Okay, and they would talk on the phone. Like they would call each other sometimes. Eric, but completely had nothing to do with him. It was just their relationship. When they broke up, like I wouldn't still be calling his mom to have these conversations that we were having before. Because I'm not with your son anymore, and it's weird now. Like, our relationship was based upon our equal love for your son. And now, I ain't with this nigga no more. So now this is weird that, that we, we still carry on conversations. And I feel like it might be a little uncomfortable for him that your mama's still talking to your ex-girlfriend regularly on the phone. So if you want to hit a quitter, I am <laughs> absolutely impartial, and I don't hang out with nobody. You know, so I'm really not going to build a deep connection with your folks. Now, I ain't saying that there ain't nobody that exist in your family that I would become that cool with, you know, but my quirkiness don't really <laughs> don't really cater to the normal way that people think and people, True. you know, I ain't the most behave. friendly person. Like, I, I, That's why you're one hit a quitter. OK, that's why. OK, you, you're, you're done with people real quick. You know, so I'm not gonna build that, but I'm not gonna. So I, so I don't have that. I ain't gonna build no relationship with it to have. A, but that's what I'm saying. Anyway. I don't see me building. I don't think I've ever been friends with nobody like anybody that I was date like there. No, I don't even think it was anybody that I was like shit. I don't know what to do about such and such now that we ain't together. Like, I don't think I developed relationships like that with people, family. So for me, even if I did, the variable upon which I base whether I'm uh. I still continue to have those connections is how the relationship ended. If it's a polarizing ending where there was problems and it's like, take my side or take her side. I can do without all of that. If it was a decent ending and it was just, then I don't have a problem with those connections. But like I said, I don't reach out to nobody. <laughs> so if, if, if my ex mama called me, we'll have a conversation. You know, if one of her friends that I met, call me we'll have a conversation if that might I see be a one, problem <laughs> if i see one of her friends in the store which i have recently you know i'll have a little brief exchange you know but them really kind of the same exchanges i had when i was in a relationship with her because i didn't i didn't talk like i don't talk to her friends like that i, I don't talk to nobody like i, I kind of stay to myself yeah in, in the context of relationship now that's but that's because that's also how she was so I don't know what it look like in a relationship if that person has a ton of friends and shit. You know, I mean, if somebody is, if I end up dating somebody that's isolated like me, then we won't have no problems with none of that. But oh, um, that's just weird. But I'm I, personable. I, I get along with everybody. You I know, think but I'm personable. I'm alone with like my privacy. Last one. This again. I don't know how to phrase this for you, but would you be okay with your man getting his baby mama a gift for Mother's Day? Why? Why not? Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, so happy Mother's Day to all Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Uh, so, the guy, I saw this earlier this week, and the guy that I'm uh, dating, is dating the right word? We're dating. Mm -hmm. The guy that I'm dating um, 
has children. And I asked him, you know, do you get their mom something for Mother's Day? And he's like, hell no. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, some people do. But if he had told me, yes, he gets them something for Mother's Day, I wouldn't have been upset about it because what I would have seen it as is him giving thanks to her for giving him the kids that he had. You know what I'm saying? Like for giving birth to the to the children that they, you know, we don't see eye to eye now. We got these really great kids. I wouldn't have had the kids without you. Okay. You know, I guess the equivalent would be if, if would you be upset if, if you were dating somebody that had a kid and they got the dad something for Father's Day, I guess would be your equivalent. Um, I wouldn't feel no kind of way about it. Like, I probably encourage it. Yeah. I, I feel like I have so much unpopular man opinion. <laughs> I just imagine there's some dudes listening to me like that that nigga lying. He ain't telling the truth. He just saying that for GP. First off, don't enough people listen to this podcast for me to be saying nothing for GP, okay? So this is what I believe. I don't get anything <laughs> by pretending. You know, but as as good as their relationship is, as good as our relationship is, yeah. because what I'm not trying to have is some dude that she hate and hate her showing up while we trying to watch movies at night thinking about killing her because he drunk and he remember the old days when she was single and he was single but now she in a relationship and he don't like me see i don't i need my woman to have the capacity to have a good relationship with the people that that have wronged her, her or that she has wronged because you know what if i'm ever on the shit side of her I don't want to be somebody that she hates so much that she can't have a positive relationship or interaction with. Yeah. I would encourage, like, it's Father's Day. You're going to get your baby daddy something. I'll help you pick it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, y'all so, need to be on good terms in my world. So his reasoning, because uh, we did have a conversation about this, his reasoning for not doing it is not because he doesn't appreciate them. It's because... I guess they are the kind of women that might, he doesn't want any misunderstandings at the end of the day about what it is they are or are not doing. Like every conversation, he he wants it to be about the kids. And so I guess he feels like they might misconstrue his intent behind giving them the gift. And I'm all for that because I don't want to have to check nobody. So like, if you feel like you can't give the gift and it be accepted for what it is and not more be read into it, then all right, you know them better. I don't know. I ain't never met them. But I, I think know. it's a way to do that in my, from my perspective, because he a real, no way. <laughs> well, either way, what yeah. I would want, what I would want is, for that child, whether it's mine or not, if it's in, if that child is in my household, I want that child to see as positive relationship between mommy and daddy as possible, even if I have to be a catalyst for helping that look good for the child. And so I would be like, listen, take the child and go get mom a gift through the child. Like channel that gift through the child. Uh, like, I think don't he got, does do like, that. Yeah, like if it don't he's here, be, see yeah. the problem is he don't be here. Like, like he ain't here. This it don't gotta yeah. be from you. Yeah. but just make the essence of it something that the mama know you had to put some finances in into getting mm -hmm. to show a gesture and for the kid to remember. I remember on that Mother's Day, me and my daddy got this. I remember on that Mother's Day, me and daddy got this. So for me, anything I do will be for the purpose and essence of creating a positive life experience for that child mm -hmm. we adults we can handle bullshit 
but I have now, I'm now complicit in helping you participate in creating a life for another person and creating character and creating personality. And to just make sure if we can't create none of that other shit to at least make sure they got a baseline of no trauma mm-hmm. or as limited trauma as possible. And I think to reduce that, those are the measures you got to take. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Now, I guess when we start getting over into birthday gifts, yeah, um, we getting a little bit more out there, but you know, I'm also not going to anything that connects back to the child I'm with. Mother's Day connects back to the child because she gave birth to this child that you love. I'm all right with it. Fuck her birthday. I don't care about her birthday. More unpopular man opinion. You know, I (laughs) I don't know. I'm just not the kind of person that's going to force you to cut off and invalidate a relationship that you think is important if you if you think it's important i don't feel like saying you don't need to be getting birthday gifts is cutting well, it off or invalidating well this it. is the thing i feel like i feel like the person that i i end up with is going to know <laughs> that that kind of thing is inappropriate in the context of uh, relationships yeah. yeah you know so but if i have to deal with it then i don't know it'll be a conversation rather than a point blank hell fuck no he ain't getting nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it just, you know, you just really I never mean, know. I'm learning how to say things in a much nicer way. So I wouldn't say, hell no, nah, fuck that bitch birthday. But I would find a much nicer way to say, well, maybe no, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. What you getting them? <laughs> <laughs> and how much is our income? <laughs> Like no no income that's important to us. I guess if we marry, income for everybody becomes a situation. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that was all the questions that all hard. So all right. All right. if you have a question that you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it in to our Gmail account, which is conversation con artist at gmail dot com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and you um can hit us up that way. So R. Kelly. Can we talk about can we talk about blackness before we talk about R. Kelly? Okay. I mentioned blackness was on trial. Yes. You know, so I kind of want to talk about why blackness has been on trial as of late, mm-hmm. or how blackness has been on trial as of late. So, are you aware of the Yale student napping incident? Student napping incident. Yeah. Hashtag napping while black. Oh, yes. Well, yes. she was studying. Mm-hmm. She went to sleep in the common area. Yeah. Clearly, she had a cover. So she bought a cover down. Yes. But she had a book. So she had everything with it that would indicate that she, she is a, a person. Yes. That is studying. And another white student called the police on her and said that she had the right to call the police because she wasn't supposed to be sleeping in the common area. Now. The question is, is she a student here? You know, because what's the difference between somebody like intentionally sleeping there and falling asleep while studying? Well, so even if she wasn't supposed to sleep in the common area, calling the police like I I went to school. They have RA. There are people in the dorm that she could have went to. Calling the police was way more than what should have happened. Even if she wasn't supposed to be sleeping in there. Even if you did want to like tell on her for falling asleep or whatever. The police being called 
was way, way more than what the fuck should have happened. The RA on staff, RA on call, the resident assistant for that particular dormitory was who should have been contacted. Not the motherfucking police because somebody was sleeping in a dorm. (laughs) The fuck? Like, the police should never have been called. So, the reason I'm pointed out the way I'm pointed out is... What do white people believe the job of the police is? Because one, <laughs> let's say she was a homeless person that beat up a student down the street and took their books and laptop and came in to pretend like they was looking like they were studying and taking a nap. You know, let's let's say that's the case. She was not doing you any harm. She was not bothering you. You literally walked by a black person sleeping and felt threatened to somehow. Now, let's say you didn't feel threatened. Let's say you didn't feel threatened. Let's say she felt entitled. Your entitlement literally is not being impacted by a black person being asleep where she was at. And you know what? White people got a role to play in this. But the reason that this situation is problematic is because when the police get there, they make the black person prove that they supposed to be where they at. They went to her dorm room where she was in her dorm in her comfortable shit. Where a neighbor was at. Mind you, she was close enough to this girl to know that she fucking lives in that dorm room. She knew that girl lived in that dorm room. She called the police because a girl who she knows is a student, who knows, I guess, studied from, they know people studied from time to time, but was offended enough that she would sleep to call the police. But the police come and ask her to prove that you supposed to be where you at. Show us your student ID. And then concluded that it wasn't a police matter. When would it, it be was a com- never when a would it ever matter. be a police matter? How would that situation be a police matter? Somebody if 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 a white person call or if anybody call and say, if somebody sleep in the dormitory, I think that the person on the phone should say, That's not a police matter. Go to your RA. <laughs> That starts to make me wonder what she said on the phone. Because it couldn't have been that she was it, asleep. In the, it, she had to say more than that for the police to come because that is not a police matter. Somebody being asleep in a fucking dormitory, no matter where they are in the dorm, people sleep. Like, when I was in college and undergrad, the the building that I stayed in, every floor had this huge lobby. Like, we, they had chairs and shit. And they encouraged you to come out of your room because they had big-ass windows to study. And in studying, sometimes you studying some boring shit, you might fall the fuck asleep. That's what happens in a college dorm room. That or dormitory in general. In the common areas, I walked by many a times, and I was an RA, and motherfuckers might have nodded off. It was not anything that offended me. It was not anything that scared me. It was not anything that I felt the need to contact anybody about. If anything, I might have went over and been like, hey, you know, might not want to be sleeping out here. Somebody might come steal your laptop while you sleep. You know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. But as far as feeling a need to call the police because I saw somebody asleep in a dorm, bitch, that's what they do. Like, it, college is tiresome. The, the shit you study is boring. You might fall the fuck asleep in the common area. It's not a crime. So, in this situation, we don't have her reasoning for calling the police. And I mean, she say that she's entitled to call the police. You're not though. <laughs> and and we don't really know what she said on the phone to the it had police. Had to be more than that she was asleep right. for them to come. It had to be. Now, in more 
blackness on trial news, we go to a situation where we have video of the actual call barbecuing while black. So there was some people barbecuing in the park, black people, clearly. And a white lady just was walked up treating them kind of crazy, telling them you can't barbecue here. This is a no no charcoal zone. And then when the lady said, "No, we can barbecue here. We saw the we saw we saw the uh, the the map. Mm-hmm. We can't char- grill here. Well, no, you can't grill here with charcoal. So it got real specific then, because the city has to pay a lot of money out for children who end up getting sick from the charcoal improper charcoal disposal. Now, first off, you're assuming that we're going dispose of the charcoal appropriately. <laughs> so you think we just going to pour the charcoal out on the ground once we get done. So that's disrespectful. But then to act like cities pay out funds for kids that get sick. But right, cities ain't no city nope. finna pay for nope. nobody's sickness because it's something going on. Nope. Not they no gotta public have, They, they got to have a class action lawsuit for <laughs> yeah. that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Just like them old commercials. If you or one of your loved ones have been affected by asbestos <laughs> and you have mesothelioma, call the offices of Get You Paid and we will get you paid. Like, that's how that shit work. It is. The city ain't paying that shit out like a lawyer. Got to have a class action lawsuit against whatever company or whatever organization did that shit. Yep. And they definitely not going to even know what black person was barbecuing and poured that charcoal out. But the city definitely ain't going to do it because your dumbass child was digging under the ground and was sniffing charcoal for some reason. Okay. But what happened is a white lady showed up and said, why are you bothering these people? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... This we'll we'll have this discussion later at a different date, but this gets into the dialogue about what we as black people supposed to do with good white people, air quotes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because I think is good white being a good white person has to have limitations. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna be an ally to the black cause, how far are you going? Yeah. If America went to shit tomorrow and they put every black person on and a black ally on their knees. And a gun to the back of their head and started pulling triggers, like how many, how many allies would be down there knowing that their whiteness can save them? You know, mm-hmm. that's an extreme example, but that's also another conversation. But this lady showed up and was like, Why are you harassing these people? They ain't doing nothing wrong. They only grilling. And she recorded 25 minutes of this, telling this woman, you know, you're wrong. So black people can't barbecue while they grill? You know, and she was just in her face, basically like just at her ass. For being disrespectful as she was. She went and talked to the black people. She said, so y'all are just barbecuing? And this lady is just being like this? And she said she's going to call the police? So she's calling the police. She's on the phone with the police. So at some point, the, the white lady who came in showed, pulled out some kind of card to show her ID or something. And the lady who called the police snatched the card out of her hand and kept it. And from that moment on, this was a 25-minute video. The woman started going at her about, give me my card back. You've assaulted me because you snatched something from me that you shouldn't have had. This is while she was on the phone with the police. And the lady who called the police started off with her arms crossed, looking down on the black folks like she's the letter of the law, but quickly turned into, oh, no, someone's assaulting me. She, she's following me. She won't leave me alone. Oh, my God, she won't. And the lady in the background said, give me my car. She kept saying, give me my car back. It seemed like she was smart enough to know that whoever she's talking to on the phone need to hear mm-hmm. that she's done something to me mm-hmm. to report to the police officer. And she's like, uh, she's giving her directions and where she was at. And and she so, she says, she wasn't saying nothing about the black. Now, she had called the police on the black people and they hadn't got there yet. And so when she got to the police, 
which she went on she walked away she got to the police she broke down in tears crying yes which was obviously an act mm-hmm. and that 25 minute video if the police police officers chose to watch it would show how her act was mm-hmm. but in this case we actually have video of her communicating with the police and what she did on that call and how deeply she manipulated that story to get the police to sympathize with what she was going through leading to her breaking down in tears about that situation you know how many murders that happen behind white women tears just crying and oh this is this has occurred and so let's or, go out and- it didn't occur but i'm just crying yeah yep Emmett Till is the Emmett Till is the main example of that. Do you want? Yeah. Ah, yeah. And sixty years later, oh yeah, well, nothing happened. (laughs) For real. I mean, yeah, no, I know they, I know they burnt down a whole town and everything. You know, killed a lot of black people, but you know, my bad. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, in this instance, we actually had evidence of how she sought to manipulate the situation but it is really crazy i just don't suggest you watching that 25 minute video it ain't worth it i watched it but it ain't worth it transition from i'm superior to y'all i know the rules and so y'all I'm shouldn't be doing this after she spent all her time harassing those people at the park okay so transitioning to more blackness on trial news we have uh, Airbnb and Wild Black, where we all know what Airbnb is. Everybody should know what Airbnb is. And you know what? If you're white and you're Airbnb, you need to let the people in your community know, right? Mm-hmm. And and something that don't bother me, but I experience often, and I know I know the families that I work with have conversations about it. Is I work with foster care kids, and they usually have they usually live in nice neighborhoods. They usually have nice, decent houses because they have extra rooms to house extra children. Mm-hmm. And I know it's been so many times that the, uh, the owner of the home has been called, and the police have been called because I'm there. And a lot of times I'm just in the house. By the time the police get there, or uh, the people have that I'm there with communicated that you know what well, he's he's with me, mm-hmm. you know because I had one of my families joke about it. You know, he told me that uh, somebody called and let me know that a big black man was outside of my house, and I just told him, hey, that's just one of our new foster kids. Ha 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 ha. You know, but what it did for me, and, and, and the crazy part is he was so disconnected with understanding what that means for me. Yes. That means if I'm on somebody's porch, there is somebody looking at me, wondering if I'm supposed to be where I'm at. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I can't. And, and and I got another kid that's not from this country. And I was knocking on the door. He didn't answer. And he told me I should look. I should have looked in the window. And I said I would not dare look into the window of a house that <laughs> that I'm standing outside of in a community that I don't live in. And, and I had to un- help him understand why that was a little bit of my paranoia. Mm-hmm. But it's rooted in my experiences. So. If you are Airbnb, you need to tell your community that that's what this house is for. You're going to see a diverse range of people and people coming in and out of this place all the time. That's what's going to happen. So what happened is three people, Airbnb, which means they've been coming in and out, Mm -hmm. and they got done and were ready to leave. They were moving their stuff out. A lady across the street apparently waved at them, and because they didn't wave back, she called the police. (laughs) I mean, this is a situation where we don't know what she said on the phone, but we know the reasoning. Because we didn't wave Because we didn't wave back. But the essence of not waving back is because they was black. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason. But in all these situations, 
it really don't matter the reason we don't know what happened with the where the confrontation between the barbecue and wild black lady turned into a white on white confrontation <laughs> you know by the time they got to the police mm-hmm. but what happens is the police get there and they question the validity of black people's ability to be where they at that like that's a problem you know and so in further uh blackness on trial news we need to just cancel waffle house y'all i mean oh, yeah, they just... i don't really like boycotts you know and to be honest we probably should have been canceling waffle house because of the cold waffles that they cook and you can see it <laughs> as opposed to aha uh-huh, you can you can see when they pull that yeah. waffle out of the waffle iron and you know for a fact that they not bringing you your waffle right now yep you know and some waitresses they and waiters they wait a server some servers wait you know to get you closer to more of your food but some of them know the importance of a hot waffle if I put butter in the middle of my waffle and it don't start melting, you 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 dead wrong for that. <laughs> so one, we should have been canceling Waffle House because their bathrooms are always horrible. They silverware always got water spots. You think they'd be able to figure that out by now? They uh, wa- they bring you cold waffles. They they food is 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 good after twelve. Yep. If you've been to the club and you go to the Waffle House, it's good. But like going on a regular day just because, nope. So, I mean, so like I said, I I ain't really all boycott E. I don't be boycotting nothing because it's going to be hard for me to say I ain't going to Waffle House no more because after 12, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But as is the case in America, we just need to be careful where the fuck we at, man. Little boy and, going to the prom, and we that little boy that went to the prom. Now he got into a confrontation with the Waffle House people, so the uh, police probably was supposed to be called in that case. But they were throwing him around like a rag. But dog. the interaction that the police had with the boy, that's a problem. Tossing him, you know. Around. I mean, I respect the boy for what he was saying. He was like, "Get your hands off me and get your supervisor out here." <laughs> like that's what he was saying the yeah. whole time. Like I respect what he was saying, but you know. And I hate this message. We just got to be careful with the situations that we you put do. ourselves in. That's what it is. You know, we we black in America. Shit ain't new. Nope. Like with Bill Cosby situation, people keep saying, you know, well they ain't persecuting these white men like they persecuting Bill Cosby. <sighs> Bitch, did you just step into America yesterday? <laughs> Where the fuck you think you been? <laughs> You have been in the land of white men not getting persecuted the same rate as white as black men getting persecuted. Accurate. You've been there. Oh. What the fuck make you think they won't persecute Bill Cosby over some other 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 gentleman that's doing it like this? This ain't new. Nope. I, as a professional that done follow all the rules that done that America done said do. Hey, they said don't have no illegitimate children. Ain't got none. They said don't go to jail and have no felonies. Ain't got none. They said don't do drugs or don't sell drugs and substances. Never even fucking done a drug or no substance. They tell you go to school, get your education. I got my K through twelve education, no problems. Went to college, got a degree, went to college again and got another degree. They say go contribute to your community and your neighborhood. I'm contributing the fuck to the community that I live in, not the one that I'm from. But the one that I live in. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I still gotta be conscious of where I'm the fuck at. Yep. You do. I still got to worry about the next door neighbor of a house that I'm supposed to be at, not believing that I'm supposed to be there. Because it goes back to that group 
in mentality. You can try to separate yourself from blackness, but to the outside people, you are as guilty as the rest of us. You are as thuggish as more likely to steal as you probably case in this house that is you still going to be put into that category because they're not going to look at you and see those things they just look at you and see you black so blackness blackness y'all is on trial but the secret is it's been on trial ever since we all was born yep (laughs) you know what i'm saying like and i don't really think that the trial is going to end anytime soon you know, it is going to continue. The best thing we can do is be informed, have our sources, know what the fuck our limitations are in the context, but while also simultaneously working on solutions for those limitations. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying just sit back and let America happen to your ass, kind of like my mama and them taught me. You know, my mama was like, listen, white people going to white, so just <laughs> let them white. Yep. But not at the fucking cost of me blacking. (laughs) I don't know the way to put that. Not at the cost of my blackness. Like, why do I have to let them be who they are at the cost of my comfort? Yeah. I'm over that shit. You know? So, we all gonna be uncomfortable in this bitch if I got something to say about it. (laughs) You finna be uncomfortable because I'm gonna speak on it. I'm finna be uncomfortable because to be black is to be in a constant state of discomfort. You know? But we all finna be uncomfortable until we can transition this shit. So, Blackness on Trial. I just want to talk about that. We're going to follow up Blackness on Trial with uh, talking about This is America. But you can go ahead for... We can go ahead and wrap this up so we don't have to come back. Okay. Uh, I just want to talk more about This is America. We mentioned it last this week because America. it had just don't come out that though. morning before we recorded don't last week. slipping though. Yep. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the imagery of it and i know everybody's doing this you know but <laughs> fuck it i'm gonna do i want to do it too it's very impressive that this is a music video that you have to watch multiple times i don't think that anybody can watch that video once through and see everything there is to see because the first time you see it your eye is drawn to him and the kids dancing and i feel like that's the point that your eye is drawn to them and then when you go back and you watch it again, you see all of this chaotic bullshit happening in the background. Like, you see Donald Glover shoot those two people, you know, the, the choir, and you see him shoot the guy at the beginning. But there is a shit ton of other stuff going on behind that that you get distracted from because of them dancing-ass kids. Like, if, if when you go back and watch it, again, it's just amazing the amount of stuff happening in the background of that video um, that you don't really notice because uh, you're looking at them doing all of these popular dances. And I didn't even know he could dance. Let me just say that. I didn't realize that he could dance as well as he can. Do you think Do you think he was America? I don't think he... I don't think he was America. I kind of think he was. Why do you think he was America? Well, one, every time he did so, every time he did something, he looked straight in the camera and said, this is America. Like when he did them two <laughs> shots, he looked dead in the camera and said, this is America. And I think a lot of things, that, like I think that one, the pants that he had on was a shout back to those Confederate gray pants with the buttons set up the way they were. He was doing a lot of the menstrual show movements. The facial expression was from menstrual shows. Mm-hmm. That little pose he did was from, you know, like the, the uh, one Mistral, of those menstrual yeah. show, uh-huh. show poses. 
I think that he was he was he was embodying a lot of shit that white America did because the minstrel strolls was white people that was on black in blackface. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he was America. Because I don't I don't think the representation was supposed to be a black man doing this shit. I don't I I think I think so for me, I separated him from the actions. Like for me, it wasn't black him being black or white, it was the actions themselves. Him, you know, shooting somebody and that person being drug away while the gun, each time, if you notice, when he used the gun, the gun was put in a nice little cloth and like carried away while the bodies of the people who died were just left there or they drug old dude off the first time. The choir just like was there, just dead. Nobody cared. And they kept moving on. For me, what I saw was this is America. It, that's what America is. America is a place where guns uh, have more. Uh, people care more about guns than they care about the people. America is a place where you become so desensitized to the stuff around that you can watch these things happen and still enjoy these kids dancing. Like you, you know, you don't. Him doing that gunshot in the beginning is shocking. But when they start dancing, I was still like, okay. But they mm-hmm. <laughs> still do. So I feel like all of the stuff that was happening in that video is what America is. Like, um, I wasn't looking at it like him doing this stuff as, as much as it's just this is what's being done. You know, we get easily distracted. And so you will get upset about the guy being shot. But eventually you forget about that because you you're watching the kids dance and you will you do get upset when the choir gets shot but eventually you forget about it because now the kids are dancing again and the music the the even the the switch in the beat like when the kids come it's that 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 like oh i feel like all of that is like indicative of how we just get desensitized to shit like and we move on right we have all these hashtags you know and then we move on because it's inevitable that it's just gonna happen again, uh, and you kind of just you just gotta get desensitized to it where it's not as impactful anymore. So you got him dancing in the video in the background the whole time. I mean, you see riots happening, mm-hmm. you see just people running around. Somebody get some thrown see, off of a fucking off the top I mean, of the it looked thing. like he suicide. Like he looked like he did that himself. I, I mean, you see. A white horse with a black figure riding on it. I mean, police cars, cars on fire. Mm-hmm. You see old, in the last scene, you see old cars just back there. Um, it's a scissor cameo in that little area, well, too. I didn't understand her cameo. but She just probably might be working on a project with the man. You, you never know with his new album. I did notice that the kid, he was doing all of this crazy shit, right? The kids ran away, though, when he had the pretend gun. I was saying when he was unarmed. When he was unarmed. Yeah. Because that <laughs> we're scary even without yeah. So him not having the gun is when the kids ran away. Another thing in the background was like somebody had one of them money shooters where you shoot uh-huh. money and that stand on top of a yeah. car. So it's like it represented it represented some of the stuff that black culture participates in, mm-hmm. just some of our social ills. But yeah, that scene. So that's where that's where I'm trying to figure out if he's America. The entire video is America coming to his reckoning by running away from everything that 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 he was running away from, and like the 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 most potent part of him running was the look of terror on his face and yeah. how he encapsulated it mm-hmm. so well. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. if he's America, 
Is America coming to a dawn of reckoning where America is going to have to fucking face this shit at some point? Or was he really an individual and until he was unarmed did he get those consequences? Because he got away with it the other two times and, and just got his little dancing got jig on. Dancing. But when he didn't have the gun... That's when, that's when the kids ran away. He starts running down that hall and it's just people chasing him. And not only that, but if you notice, the dude who started playing the guitar at the beginning... Mm-hmm. Playing the guitar. He come back later. With with a bag over his uh-huh. head while playing the guitar. Like, is that a representation of his identity being gone now? Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? I think so. I mean, because at some point, again, if so much stuff happens, you don't, uh, we done had a bajillion hashtags. Like, it feels like. And, you know, it, it just becomes overwhelming at some point. And so you, it does kind of feel like the identity of some of these people becomes lost because you can't keep up with all of these people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, him having he, – didn't he – who put the bag on his head? Didn't he, put, he put the bag on his head before he shot him. He didn't – we didn't see that. We, the, the, it zoomed in. He was playing the guitar and it zoomed in the childish. And, and then when he came, it came back, back out, he, he was had already the had the bag on his head with so no his, guitar now. His identity got stolen – when he got shot um and even when he came back uh he, he still had no identity at that point um, and the crazy thing is i like the dancing so much it's so great <laughs> i like the dancing so much they did such a good job and he snuck some words in there he snuck like it's really easy to see it's kind of it's kind of mumbly and mm-hmm. it's kind of that turn up music type yeah. style mm-hmm. you know and he mostly just say, "This is America. Don't catch it slipping out." Like yeah. you, you can hear that most of the time, but he's slipping that. Hey, you know, be people in the get background. Get your money, say, black man. Yep. That shit. And then at, at the very get end, he say, money. "Every black man is a barcode." You know what I'm saying? Like it, it sneaks some shit in there that's relevant, but which which would be fucking black perfectly man. hidden in a Saturday Night Live performance that he did before the video came out. Mm-hmm. You know, like. People hearing that song was like, okay, they probably didn't pick up very much. And now the video puts so much context behind a lot of those words, even though it's a lot of repetition. Mm -hmm. It got one part he said, um, he got the one part where he said, I'm so pretty. You know what Uh I'm saying? I just, I don't know. I feel, I really feel like he was, he was America. I feel like he was America and everything he was saying was, was America doing all that shit he was doing. I just, I'm just still trying to interpret what that means. You know, we end. never gonna actually get an interpretation because Chad is, he's never gonna he's do not, it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's, he's not. Yeah, he's not that person. Like that for a while. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna explain his vision. They posted an old video on Breakfast Club of a child that's gonna be no interview mm-hmm. in terms of uh, just talking about. So, first of all, Charlemagne the God, as it pertains to Childish Gambino, is a hater, mm-hmm. right? And. Because they he talk a lot about Charles Gambino being musty. He ain't the only one. You know what I'm saying? Like I think he I think he's just one of them alternative natural dudes. At least he went through that phase. In the interview, he had on an old sweater with holes in it, and um he was like, "Where you?" They were like joking on like, "You look really comfortable." <laughs> and he was like, "So where you get that sweater?" Because he was talking about telling Jaden Smith, "Don't wear nothing." Not Jaden, Chance the rapper. Don't mm-hmm. wear nothing if they ain't paying you for it. Like. You should be, and he's because I nothing I got on his name brand. I, I don't really wear brand. And they said, "Where you get that sweater from?" And he was like, "This is gonna sound crazy, but my friend's dad died, and it was his, so I got it from. So it was his, so I'm wearing it." He's just like, "It's just extra ultra comfortable. It's been worn in." But in that interview, he was talking about blackness, and Charlemagne could not get it. 
He was basically so he wrote a poem called "I Wish I Was a White Rapper," mm-hmm. and and it was basically you know talking about how he wishes he was a blank slate because a white rapper can be like being white. You could be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're a blank slate when you white. It mm-hmm. don't matter what you do, what you wear. They justify your existence for where you at. Mm-hmm. When you're black, it don't matter what you wear. They they criticize your existence for where you at. Mm-hmm. And Charlemagne could not get that. But in in this video, he was being so critical of people who were supporting it. You know, and people were saying like Childish Gambino, because it was a call-in um, segment. He was like, Childish Gambino was what Kanye West wish he was. And he was like, hold, 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 hold on now. Like, Childish Gambino ain't ain't the, ain't the black savior, you know, because he still got a white wife. and She's uh, Asian. She's not white. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, and he wrote, I think she's Armenian. Is she Armenian? I think she's Armenian. Okay. And, and he wrote this poem called, I Think I'm White, when he explained that poem to, to Charlamagne. So it's like, Charlemagne ain't even willing to listen to his interpretation. Meanwhile, you got on the Breakfast Club talking about some that that fucking interview with Kanye was gonna explain so much, and it didn't explain shit. Kanye's still problematic out here. That interview didn't do anything. But like, and, and I ain't gonna rehash this conversation. But we had a conversation about some of the problems that that Childish Gambino has had, you know, in the context of uh, probably the over over fetishization of Asian asian uh women. women but you know he i don't think he's really said much that is is that level of offensive i just think i think it's one of them situations where a lot of black women got mad at him for dating outside of his race but while talking about racial things mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but even in that interview he said he don't think he can date a white person because he needs somebody to be as racist as he is but he said he can't he said he but he think he can but it has to be a really specific situation. But the only reason I'm bringing up uh, Charlemagne in this dialogue is because it's a lot of people who are looking at Childish Gambino and just just very critical of, of what it is. And, you know, I don't know why. It, it, this video... I fucking love that song, the video. It is... And I feel like it is what Kanye wishes that he was. Like, this is what he says that he is. I'm trying to think of something Kanye West has done that has made... Again, this is not a video you can watch once and get it you were not going to be able to watch it. you're going to watch it if you just watch it once you will not understand what all the hype is about you will not understand why people are talking about it if you watch it again and you pay attention to the things that are going on you will understand what the conversation is about i don't i don't know i'm trying to think of something that i think that's what kanye says that he is that he's this this musical genius that that does all these things but I don't know that that's who he is. Well, I got into a dialogue with uh, with some people who were like, and I was like, hey, this is just a fantastic portrayal of what America is. And they were like, I don't know if I call it fantastic or not. And, um, and I think that if you watch this video, I think you need to discern the difference between you being tired of the over-visualization of what happens to black America in America versus a a a decent artistic representation of it i'm not saying you got to look at that art and, and like it but i do think that it's important for for us to know how tired we are of, of that you know because if if you are tired of childish gambino talking about race you got to be tired of everybody talking about race or is it just the depth to which this is a uncomfortable uh the depth of discomfort that this visual provides is it the level of discomfort you know, so should everybody who talks about race 
bring it down to where you're comfortable enough to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You've got to acknowledge and recognize where you are with that in order to move forward. Because one person that called said, I'm just tired of seeing so much black death. And, you know, why does he have to show that? And it's like, do are we supposed to hide it? Are we not The better question to show? is why is it happening? Like the real deaths is what I have. <laughs> like why is there content for his material? Yep. You know, why does he have something to like I would rather live in a utopia where nobody even have this to think about because it ain't a part of what happens in their day to day living. Mm-hmm. You know? But it is. It is. You unfortunately. Know? So I think that it's, it, we got a lot to figure out in, in the context of that situation. Um, was there anything else? Was there anything else? Because I lost my I lost my train of thought on it. Anyway, I just I just wanted to give a little breakdown of, of this is America uh, because we we mentioned that he came out with a new video and it was cool, but I've watched it so many times since, and I spent like an hour last night watching reaction videos mm. because. They have like British react. I like seeing other people, other countries reactions mm-hmm. to shit that happened in America. So like British reaction, this one dude from, um, from, um, India, his reactions, a Russian, his reactions, general, just white people reaction. But then, you know, it's a whole bunch of, it's just all the react. I was looking mm-hmm. at a lot of them because it's some other reaction video people that I follow, you know, and it's just, just looking at their reactions to it was very interesting, emotional for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, which I understand. Yeah. But this has brought a lot of dialogue out. Like, it's crazy because instead of, if, if Kanye's true subconscious goal is to gain attention, Childish Gambino just showed that you can bring vast amount of attention, 80 million views, to just showing what the fuck is going on in this country and mm-hmm. not denying it. You know, so, so that's my blackness is on trial situation. We'll get to R. Kelly. Uh, so Future and Young Thug, did you know they were friends? Um, yes. Did you know they were best friends? Did not know that. Did you know that they're good enough friends where they got each other's names tattooed on them? Like they real names or they rap names? I don't, uh, let's see. I don't know if it was, you would ask that fucking question. <laughs> what difference does it make? Why do you care? Oh, because real names is way more personal. It's regular people out here with future and uh, young thug name on their their bodies. But if you exchange real names on your body, uh, it doesn't it doesn't say. Like, why is it even? Why do people even know? Because according to Young Thug, he and his bestie Future got each other's names tatted on them. Man, me and this nigga got each other's names tatted on us. That's how we feel. It's forever. He revealed on a sit down with Spotify. <laughs> but I don't know if they got their actual names or if they got their stage names. I don't know. But so what I want to talk about. I wonder if they have conversations in auto tune. <laughs> So, in the age of toxic masculinity, (laughs) how, so let me just say this. I would not get one of my friend's names tattooed on me. I would not get my best female friend. I'm not tatting your name on me because it's stupid. I'm not getting anybody's name tattooed on me. But for two grown men (laughs) to do this, with Young Thug having the questionable questionableness that he does, it just 
giggled at my desk probably 10 minutes at when I saw it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Black China fucked Future. One time I got Future's had it on her hand and this nigga paid her dust. <laughs> him and Young Thug <laughs> But Young Thug's name, he'll get tattooed on him. It's just, I wouldn't get nobody's name tattooed on me. I don't even know if I would get a tattoo. I, somebody with tattoos. I will get a tattoo. I will not get your name tattooed. You know, see, see, I look at it like this. First off, I don't know the only people that would be important enough to me to say I'm gonna get a tattoo representing your existence would probably be my my woman or my child mm-hmm. or my children or or whatever. But the thing is, if you get one child tattooed, you gotta, you gotta get, get all them all of them. Now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So people who get like this woman got a, I saw a picture of a woman with a big ass picture of her child tattooed on her back. And a dude basically sent a message and said, so, so when I have sex with you and I'm I'm doing it doggy style, I gotta be looking at your son. Like, hell no. Why would you why would you do that? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Just have to do a missionary, bruh. <laughs> Just do a missionary. You won't have to what? look at him. No. You you ain't finna eliminate the possibilities. You ain't gonna okay either. And look then, at her what's son. Even worse, what's even worse is finishing <laughs> on your back. If that's the case, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so either you deal with the son or you do a missionary. Those are your options with her. You either gonna have to get past looking at. Her and son. what if that stepdaddy? You still gotta go in the kitchen and see him in the damn morning at the table. <laughs> All you can do is shake your head and look down. No eye contact. Because you know how pictures work. Yeah. They always give you eye contact. <laughs> it don't really matter. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, that, I just don't believe in anyway, getting names tattooed Just for you. that being said, I would, <laughs> I would get, it would have to be a symbol. Like, it would have to be something that I know and you know and the world don't have to know. If somebody, te- if somebody hit me, then maybe. But, like, I feel Even like. I, but, like, if, if we break up. I, I know what it represents. I don't want to have to see this shit that remind me of your bitch ass. I don't want that. I, I mean, just it, don't. It could be a good thing. How? What you mean how? Why would it be a good thing? Because as soon as you see the shit that the new, next dude putting you through, you look at that tattoo, <laughs> be like, nope, you are gone. Because I remember <laughs> this shit. You know, or the way I look at it, I mean, if, if I feel like you were important enough to me because of how I feel about tattoos and I don't want no tattoos, mm-hmm. uh, I would still value what you contributed up to that point. Like, I don't know what you did to mess the situation up, but mm-hmm. I ain't, I don't get people's. I, I just don't do that. I don't believe in that. Definitely not no name. I wouldn't even get no symbol. Like, just no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. The tattoos that I have on my body mean something to me that has something to do with me. Not one tattoo on me has anything to do with anybody that I have been with at all because them shits didn't work out. If I had got a nigga, something uh, related to a nigga tattooed on me prior to today, this shit would be on me and the nigga's not with me. Like, I just, no, I'm not doing it. Stupid. No, thanks. Don't understand it. No. Um, I, I, first of all, I didn't know that they were even, you know, friends. I don't even think that there's a level of friendship, which I would do this on, but I didn't realize that their level of friendship was enough where they would get, their names tattooed and i wonder how future feels about this because 
I feel like it might be one of those situations where he agreed to do it because he thought nobody wasn't going to see. Like, it's probably in a, and he got plenty of tattoos. It's probably in a place that nobody would even really pay attention to it. And then this nigga, young thug out here <laughs> running his mouth and then told the world that they got each other names tattooed on there. Like, he I would like to know. He was dealing with? Huh? He knew who he was dealing with? I mean, maybe he didn't know the nigga was going to out him like that and tell people. Then he shouldn't have gotten the damn tattoo. <laughs> That's his problem. He did that to himself. That's how we feel. What? Young Thug? What? That's how you feel. <laughs> he like, Young Thug, shut up, bro. <laughs> Always telling for business. What's wrong with you? But if you got something that you're comfortable with being on your skin permanently for another person, you should be comfortable with telling the world. So I feel like Future either shouldn't have did it or she'd have been all right knowing. Or he should have told somebody who keeps secrets. <laughs> Because, you know, at this point, he probably think that, because he probably think that people think that he gay. Because, you know, Young Thug's history with the black male population has been, you know. And now y'all got, getting, I mean, it's just not something that men do. Men will get their woman tattooed on them. I've seen that, but I, like, I just ain't never heard of a dude just getting his friend's name tattooed on him. Maybe that's a thing, but prior to this... (laughs) I never heard of it. When, I could see women doing that well before. Because, again, just because of toxic masculinity, I feel like niggas would assume that people would be like, oh, y'all on some gay shit. And even if they felt like it was something they wanted to do, the perception of people would keep them from doing it. I just... <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. When I saw it, at first I was like, oh, this ain't real. They didn't do this. Because it just seems so ridiculous that they would. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> they would do it. I would like to hear Future's thoughts on it. Because <laughs> Young Thug was the one who let the cat out of the bag. So I, I just... feel like Young Thug crazy. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Future. You feel like, well, both of them are crazy. Especially since that uh, King's dead. <laughs> la dee da dee da slap on me da like that ain't got no damn room in the Black Panther soundtrack okay it don't I don't care how woke the other two verses is how socially connected the other two verses is why did they let him come in there and do that nobody in that studio could have said this fits perfectly it doesn't it's stupid It it is very stupid it doesn't go like it's an odd part of that song so that's why I'm trying to figure bullshit. out why why did they you let that really stay? Wow, you were tourists. Yeah. Don't, it don't make sense, but you know whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk because I just I was surprised that they did that. So, um, so let's talk about Art Killer. Let's talk about. So Spotify will no longer stream his music, um, because they says that it. Uh, breaches their hate content and hateful conduct policy. Um, so, wait, okay, so to be clear, R. Kelly music will still be available on Spotify. However, Billboard yeah, reports, they took them out of playlists. Yeah, beginning today, May 10th, Spotify users will no longer be able to find R. Kelly's music on any of the streaming services, editorial or algor- algorithmic playlists. And of course, he's saying that it's all unfair because he's so hurt. 
um, because he's done nothing wrong. And I got sent the most hilarious. Did you watch that video I put in the group of him as Denzel Washington at the end of training day? No. You I didn't. didn't. I put it in a group where he was Damn. like, uh, y'all going to be listening to Justin Timberlake and Bruno Mars. I helped y'all get these chicks. Y'all like got laid because of me. <laughs> Damn, no, I didn't see that. Yes. What did, what did he say at the end? Um, Who ain't got shit on him? Oh, <laughs> Trey Songs ain't got shit on me. <laughs> they did the whole, that whole speech that um, Denzel Washington gives at the end of training day. They did that, but for killing. And basically, it's about how he helped all these niggas get laid. And now they, how you gonna do this to me? This is it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous because R. Kelly, as soon as these other two girls started coming out, giving their interviews mm -hmm. about what they've been experiencing, he sent the other girl to LA <laughs> on a vacation <laughs> and made sure that she was somewhere. Well, people saw her and was like, hey, ain't you the girl that's been in, in Chicago with R. Kelly? Yeah, I get to go and come as I please. Oh, just on vacation. <laughs> as soon as them other girls yeah. had an interview to make it seem like, because they in those interviews, they talked about her being like captive, like mm -hmm. she's brainwashed, which is what her parents been saying about this thing. But to try to make it seem like this is her choice, they sent her on vacation and she just complying with the situation. <laughs> and she said that that when they met her, it put her at fourteen when she was first there, with how old they are because they stayed in it for some time too. You know that's so for everybody. Consent. There is an age requirement that's listed there, at least legally. However, you feel personally, legally, there is an age at which the the, the law has decided that a girl cannot consent. Even if she says yes to you, she's not capable, mentally capable of giving you a yes. Okay. That's what that means. So like, you can't be like, well, she was with it. <laughs> no, mentally, she's not capable of being with it. So it don't matter what she said. That is not a, like, you can't, that, that's not an argument that you can make that she was in agreement with it. Because as far as the law is concerned, she can't. So a 14 year old is not capable of saying that she wants to sleep with a 40-year-old man. Sorry. Unless their parents give them away. They can... So, how does that... Because I have a question about that. If the parent... Is it, is it, isn't it only legal if it's given away as, in, as far as marriage is concerned? Mm -hmm. In the context of... Like, they can't just get... Because that's just prostitution. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's just prostitution. If you if you giving us money or we benefit in some kind of way and we give you our child just to have her, that doesn't count. They can give her a way to be married and then they can have sex within the context of the marriage, I guess. Maybe that was the plan. But if they're not married, then the parents can't even give consent for that. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. I had a question about that because this exact thing came up this week <laughs> because I had a situation at work. Um, but I don't think parents can give consent like for sex. Because that would just, you know how easy it would be for people to prostitute their kids out under the guise of, well, I, I, we gave consent, it's okay. Yeah, they can't give consent for sex, but I, I mean, maybe they thought that it would be something close to marriage and it just never got there, or, I mean, it had to be it's something. It's R. Reason. Kelly. What, I just, eh, I don't, 
I don't believe their intentions were that pure. It's going to be something close to marriage. We know that. A lot of us know that. Everybody don't know that. Some people are blinded by the celebrityism, and some people are just fangirling and fanboying out here. Fuck R. Kelly. I just don't have no sympathy for him. I, I just, I'm sorry. I don't. You are a predator, sir, and have been for years. And and this ain't even half of the consequences you should have for the bullshit you've been doing. Like, this ain't nothing. Them not doing playlists with your music, like, that's nothing. That ain't, ugh. There's so much more you deserve for the shit you've done. So I, I don't give a shit. Like, his woe is me shit. He can kiss my ass. I don't care about R. Kelly. Woe is me. They're treating me so wrong. Bitch. Several seats. Fuck out of here. Um, Emily B. went to court with Fabulous. And she's standing by him. And so ain't shit niggas around the world are trying to use this as see I was all this about fabulous and she's standing beside him and see that no, that's what the fuck battered women do, niggas. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't absolve him from knocking her teeth out, or that doesn't mean that he did knock her teeth out. What that means is that she's a better woman and that's what the fuck battered women do. They stand by their men. How do you think that these women end up getting killed a lot of time? Because they stick around to die. Very rarely is the first occurrence of violence the, the occurrence in which a woman dies. They have been abused at the hands of these men for a very long time, usually by the time they die. And so she's a better woman. That's what they do. Like, her going to court with him doesn't absolve him. Yeah, this ain't going to sound good. But staying with him don't mean she going to die. No, it doesn't mean you that know, she's going to die. Um, But... Depending on how bad a continuous life of abuse is, yep. death may be mercy hell. Yeah, but that's what, what I, I said. I mean, I hate to say it like yeah. that. No, you're I right. hate to say it like that, but like, if a woman who had been abused for 40 years could look back 40 years and have died, I don't know what she would choose. Yeah. You know? You know, so I don't I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I hope what I said don't invalidate abuse or nothing. But Well, I wasn't you know, saying that to say he's going to kill her, but people feel like they, they, don't, uh, they don't understand that when, women stay for a very long time. Like uh, what I was saying was that it ain't you. The nigga don't kill you the first time out. Usually, the the first occurrence of violence is not a um, a murder. <laughs> like you get slapped, you get conditioned to stay there, and the woman, deaths come way later. A woman that stays with a man ain't necessarily gonna die, but when they die, this is what they did. Yep. Like this is how it happened. Mm -hmm. You know. So. I'm just pointing out the difference between like you, because a, a toxic a, a, a man with fragile masculinity would be like every woman don't going gonna die because this happened. Okay, yeah, you're right. Every woman don't die in this situation, but when women in this situation do die, this is how it happens. Yep. And you know what? If your woman punched you in the face five times and busted your teeth out, you'll be gone. Yep. You know, so your advice to women in that situation should be that they should leave. It should not in any form or fashion be that they should somehow stay for any particular reason. Stand by their man. They need to go. Shit. You know? And if a man hit a woman, you know, and like I said, like I said on the podcast, like, there is proof if your teeth got punched out. Yes. You know, he, <laughs> people giving him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but that's what America do. Give men the benefit of the doubt when shit's going down and whatnot. But. I just hate, and I understand why she's doing it, 
But I hate that she's doing it because, and this is part of what is the difficulty in working with battle women is comes in for me, is that this gives people that don't understand battered woman or just battered uh, partner syndrome because when, when men can be battered as well that don't understand it is like oh well she's staying why would she stay with him if he was hitting her he must not be hitting her that's the only shit that fucks with me about this i understand why she's staying but for dumbass niggas that were looking for a reason to absolve uh fabulous of this shit it was she she going to court with him must not have happened no that's what battered people do <laughs> they go to court like i work for now on you know how many times i would have a woman call because her husband was beating the fuck out of her but then by the time the police get don't take him i i don't want you they just wanted him them to come get him off of her but that's why that, they both come yep that's why they both going to jail yep. now but don't, don't take him i don't don't take him off i don't want y'all to take him that's why that's part of the, the cycle of, of being a battered person so her being up there with him in court don't mean shit as far as guilt or innocence is concerned he could be guilty as fuck of knocking her teeth out she could still be standing there with a big ass space in her mouth still taking up for him because that's what battered people do you know in order for a bully to be effective it's gotta be they need a couple of things one thing they need an audience but another thing is they need an appropriate victim. And the thing about people like R. Kelly and Fabulous is that they know how to choose yep. a person that will accept their bullshit. Yep. R. Kelly knows how to choose a girl that will accept uh, shackles, you know, psychological, mental, and physical. He, Somebody who will accept, you know, his tears because they said he'll cry when it, they think he thinks something going wrong with them and they trying to, you know bug out of the situation and and in the fabulous situation an abuser knows how to choose somebody who will easily be abused the thing is i mean i don't know how long the abuse happens but you know some men have uh dormant lying abuse in their systems that you know that happens at some point you know so i'm saying that to say that even a man that chooses or what like I feel like a woman who 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 comes out and go to the police and do what she do and be like, hey, that ain't the ideal person to, to be to abuse. No. You know, so I don't wanna act like like it's dudes out there who know yeah. they women getting these hands. You know what I'm saying? But every man don't feel like that. They say that they don't I don't believe in that, but you get a fabulous who end up putting their hands on somebody. I ain't saying fabulous. I don't know his history enough to know whether he's that type or not, you know, but it just still how like what I'm saying is supposed to highlight the fact that a man who intentionally chooses a woman to abuse, he going to choose a woman that he can abuse, mm -hmm. you know, but whatever. A new doc, since you know Childish Gambino, we talking about him a lot today. But since he's been out in this uh, in this new light, uh, who he has been regarded as the the nerdy black guy, you know, the proper speaking black guy, the white on the inside, black on the outside guy. Mm -hmm. Um, a new dialogue has come up 
about nerds, right? To where Childish Gambino getting all of this play because he popular and like nerdy guys who regard Childish Gambino as a nerd are out here saying, we don't get that kind of play. Women don't give nerds play like that. And then there's a whole bunch of women out here saying, ain't no woman ever, like I, all the women that, that I'm seeing this dollar, I say, we love nerds. Like, what are you talking about? They're not being honest well, with themselves. Well, what, I, what, <laughs> what, what is missing in all of this is a definition of what nerdiness is. You know what I'm saying? It, there's that, but they're all... Uh, those women I really are, think... I, I think that that thug versus nice guy shit is different from nerd shit, to be honest. I think it's different. Why do you think it's different? Because I don't think the nice guy is necessarily... I mean, nerd might be under the umbrella of nice guy, but yeah. I, I think nice guy, I don't think that means it has to be a nerd. No, but most nerds are nice guys. It's like one of those well, situations where yeah, like well, nice guys don't have to be nerds, but most nerds are nice guys. Well, we we got to define nice guy then. You know what I'm saying? Because what is a nice guy in that sense? Non-aggressive. Um... I feel like a lot of times when women say that somebody is too nice, a lot of times they are saying that he's not as aggressive as they would like for them to be. Uh, whether they are a thug or not, they may just not be very aggressive. And so they get placed into this nice guy category. Um, I don't know what else I would constitute as nice. Because everything else can kind of go one way or another. But I feel like most nice guys are not even, you don't necessarily have to be passive. But they're not aggressive either. And so for women that want to be like a, a an aggressive pursuit, a nice guy a lot of times ain't going to give her that. You're not going to get that if that's what you need. And I mean, I guess there could be some aggressive nerds out here. Maybe. I don't know. Um. Well, I guess when you're talking about nerd, I, I start looking at like, I don't just start looking at like nice guy, like just not a thug. I start looking at like the anime. Why I just start looking at the, what you do that kind of connects with an unpopular, uh, section of entertainment when it comes to black people. When you start talking about nerd, I start thinking more deeply like the chess clubs and the debate <laughs> team and the anime watching and the listening to metal and, and rock and, and things of that nature. I'm thinking about like unpopular shit that that group participates in. But there are black, like black women, black girls that do the same shit that watch anime. There are some. I wouldn't one, but there are some. I don't know, but I think the the dialogue is just so it's so it got it's complex, you know, because the women who the nerds was looking at wasn't checking for, you know. But they weren't looking at women that were nerds. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. The men weren't looking at women that was nerds and the women weren't looking at men that was nerds, mm -mm. you know. But nerdiness is still encapsulated in more than just those things. Um, or, or the... Because what a women... What, what a, and like I said... I think it does. It's, it's about how you behave. Like, it's that assertiveness or aggressiveness or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Because a woman from across the street don't know you're a nerd unless you dress like Steve Urkel. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Because most nerd, I mean, nerdy people have a, a variety of jobs. Nerd shit comes in to play in your off time. You can have any job and be a nerd. You can have any job and come home and watch anime and play video games and um, be interested in that kind of shit. So, so can the can the can the popular guy can the popular jock be a nerd? You know what I'm saying, like. If you, I mean, based on what you're saying, then yes, because if it's based off of interest, if there's a guy that's popular that likes anime, that likes to play video games that are not like sports related video games, but like, you know, Call of Duty or Fortnite, then yeah, by that so definition. In this dialogue, it's a whole bunch of jocks and dudes that were traditionally popular mm -hmm. coming out saying I was a nerd. You know what I'm but saying? But that's if so you're basing it. Saying, yeah. The problem is ain't no definitions. Yeah. The jocks is coming out saying, well, I was a nerd because their definition of it is I did these unpopular things mm -hmm. that the other people were doing, but they were more assertive. They were more popular and the women were after them for various reasons. And they, they were. At, so, again, for me, the assertiveness and the passiveness is what matters when it comes to women, because if it was just the, if it was just those interests, a jock having those interests would deter a woman then if it was going to be i don't want to date nobody that, that like this kind of music or that watch anime then they would have been deterred from the jock just as much as they would have the little guy that played chess but if if it's how aggressive you are or, or the lack thereof then that is you can be a jock who does those things but is aggressive in your pursuit and be the popular guy that's why I feel like it comes back down to hmm. the aggressiveness. But I, I wonder how many I wonder how many Steve Urkels it was, because you know Steve Urkel was aggressive as hell. He was for Laura, he like was. but I'm he was only I'm wearing you down. He was only aggressive to her though, like with Myrtle. He didn't want nobody else. He didn't want nobody else. Myra Monkhouse wanted him. Myra, she, not she Myrtle. She was the nerd that was wanting him. Mm -hmm. Like that was that. That's that dynamic where the nerd girl is after you. But you only after the girl that's popular, mm -hmm. you know. So that's Steve Urkel dynamic. But like, even if you were an aggressive person that did all of those things, let's say Steve Urkels do exist out there, mm -hmm. what in that case would be what kept the popular girl from from getting with him? I mean, is is he aggressive in the wrong way? He was annoying. <laughs> he wasn't smooth because listen, when Steve was Stefan, Laura was with it. <laughs> he looked the same. I mean, he dressed different. He was the same fucking person. But she was interested in Stefan, but not Steve. And the difference was Stefan was smooth. Stefan was real smooth. So now, and he dressed real So now cool. we have <laughs> isolated it down to not just aggression, but you got to be aggressive and smooth. Yes. <laughs> in order to, to get that. Yes. Which I guess we can agree that nerds, Though that group of people who are not popular mm -hmm. and are not smooth, this is the category of nerds we talking about. We talking mm -hmm. about people that ain't really smooth, maybe socially constricted some, somehow. Yeah. Less women are going to be give those guys a chance because what you got to understand with women, and I've learned that just even in, in having our group chats, and all of us date, doing online dating and the differences in our experiences, being a nerd and 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 uh, approaching some or pursuing somebody either in an annoying way or you just really passive, you're competing with all of these other niggas that might also be pursuing we this woman with the shogun exactly y'all need to listen to government name podcast okay yes y'all are competing with some older episodes you get bay news okay he ain't doing bay news right now but 
time. He he got that. You know, you remember the Rick James skit? Yeah. Where he was like, Charlie Murphy, like, I just saw that aura. Yep, it was I orange. Feel like Shogun got that aura. Like, got an orange aura. As it pertains to, but I mean, he, he is a charming dude. Mm -hmm. He's a charismatic dude. He he's smooth. He know what to say. Yep. He's his timing. Yep. Is perfect. So he it, gathers his life in a way yep. that is accommodating to to women. Like yep. there's a lot of components to it. You're competing with those dudes. So like if you're somebody that is not aggressive or that is not gonna make yourself stand out in the mind of a woman who may be being pursued by three other guys that ain't you, you're gonna lose out. Like. You're not gonna be if you're not if she ain't just not talking to nobody else and like you you kind of it maybe you got a chance but most of the time you are competing with other people. So do you think that a person that is maybe nerdy to that level who may be a Steve Urkel mm -hmm. or maybe not a Steve Urkel maybe either one Steve Urkel that's aggressive or a guy that's just kind of into those nerdy things mm -hmm. that is not as aggressive mm -hmm. do you think they can learn to to be in a way that a woman would like find acceptable. The only problem like with that is that I feel like I feel like assertiveness. I, I don't know. I feel like you can if you if you do something that's outside of your comfort and pursuing somebody, once you get them, because that thing is not actually a part of who you are, that's gonna fall off. Right. And so if the thing that she liked about you was your aggressiveness, but you're truly just not an aggressive person, that might be a problem later on. I feel like you can learn how to do it in the beginning, but like, is it going to stick? Because it's not who you are. You're just doing this in the pursuit of this woman. But you're naturally not an aggressive person. So because you're naturally not an aggressive person, once you get with her, when she expected you to handle shit in an aggressive way and you passive about it, that might be a problem. So, yeah, I think you can learn how to do it on the front side. But, like, once you get her and you get comfortable, if that's not who you are, I don't know. You're not going to just stay aggressive if you're a naturally passive person. I just don't think you will. I mean, I'm not saying change, so to speak. You know, I just feel like we, I feel like most of us need an opportunity to introduce people to our redeeming qualities. Yeah. And you don't, you can't see that from across the street. So I just think you need the assertiveness. You might get friends on it though. <laughs> That's the like, risk you take. Yeah, because I said the risk you. All I mean, take. she might like what, your redeeming qualities, but you might get put listen, in this people slide. being afraid of the friend zone limits you from going after somebody that may accept you into more than a friend. Like, you yeah. can't be afraid of that shit. Yeah. Yes. Not every woman gonna like you. Some woman gonna put you in a friend zone. <laughs> You know, be done with it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like the friends are like I think we talk about the friends on wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I think we done had a conversation about we have. dudes look at it as something bad though. Cause if you're wanting to be with somebody Well, I mean dudes would look at it as something bad because <laughs> we are the ones who've been able to come and take what we want for the dawn of, since the dawn of time. <laughs> yes. And so now, I mean, you still got men who can do that, but mm -hmm. like the men who can't and the women who are, you know, independent enough to not give a fuck about what a man wants. Of course, a man gonna look at the friend zone as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. A woman turning his ass down when men ain't did number take shit the whole they whole lifetime. Yeah. You know? So yes, a man ain't gonna like that. But I don't think the friends. I don't think the friend zone just mean you got turned down by a woman. I think the friend zone means that you wanted something with a woman, you got turned down, and you stick around in hopes that that shit might 
come back around somehow. Yeah. But at that point, you were glutton for your own punishment. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I mean. So I just don't. Just being turned down ain't getting into the friend zone. If you turn down, you turn down. You know, fuck her. Go on about your business. Don't say fuck you. No. Because that's disrespectful. It is. <laughs> and everybody entitled to say no to whatever they want to say no to. Yeah. Because if a woman that you don't want to date come say, like a precious looking woman come over here and say, <laughs> you know, hey, let's go to dinner. You're going to say no. You know, she shouldn't be entitled to be able to be mad at you. So you can't, you ain't entitled to be mad at somebody who say no. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. I mean... I mean, I guess there's a specific instance. Like, if, if if she don't say, if she say some shit like, "I don't date black men," oh you yeah, know, that's her. offensive. Fuck her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, still don't tell her fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's disrespectful. But you. But she just that. said some disrespectful shit to you. Well, you don't know what uh, life experience. She's I don't had care about. I don't care. <laughs> if a man come up to me telling me you don't date black women, fuck you. I don't care what your life experiences are. Because I'm not even going to get a chance to figure it out and help you because you didn't already kick me out because I'm black, which is stupid because your ass is black. <laughs> I ain't petty like that. I am very. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a dude that feel like that. If he saw if he saw a dude drop a quaalude in a woman drink, he'll just keep going. <laughs> I wouldn't. OK, <laughs> thank God. I'm going to knock that drink over. <laughs> You know, oh my I, God. Know, I can look like an asshole too while I'm saving a life. I can just go to her drink and bloop, <laughs> knock it over and just keep walking. I just saved your life, but I'm humble enough not to pull it up. <laughs> I ain't got to let you know. Is that the same? Is that the same for women? Like, are we in com- competition with two or three other women at any given time with dudes? No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Not in the same way. Okay. You know, you, you are, a man know who he want to be with, even if he messing with other folks, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't think that's the case for women. I think, I think women, because of our society, I think women have, they, they pick it a lot. lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are those smooth womanizing men yep yes yes you are in a long list of women that ain't none of y'all gonna be <laughs> what y'all want to be with him you know but for the men that are average mm-hmm. and who ain't that i don't think they got a wait list i think they got a woman who they are trying to court and trying to get with maybe multiple you know but i don't think you really on a wait list like, I think women, like, because women have dudes after them all the time. And like I said, like, my hierarchy is a woman got a dude that she's probably having sex with. Then she got a dude that she that, that she really likes that could be more, you know. Mm-hmm. Then she got a dude that behind that, you know, because she ain't finna have multiple partners, mm-hmm. you know, she just dine out with him and avoid interaction with that person. <laughs> You know, and she that's like rude him. as fuck. She like him, but not as good as the first person. I mean, that's dating. That's what dating is. But it's so rude to go out with people and spend their money. I don't think it is. If you don't, if you're not interested in that, number one, die in a car wreck. Number two, become number one. That is terrible. Or <laughs> well, I'm dating you know, wrong. Let's call, let's call the car wreck a girlfriend. He get a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Then number two, become number one. You know what I'm, I'm dating wrong then. Or you find out, <laughs> you find out number one is having sex with somebody else and y'all you ain't happy with him having that. So number two now become number one. Like it's so many instances in which number two can become number one. But I think that number two is somebody who's just casual interaction. Number three is somebody that 
maybe a one and two didn't exist she could see something with but she ain't putting no investment into it because you know she don't want to and maybe she talk with him on the phone and get with him every now and then but she don't show no visible interest in that person mm-hmm. and then number four is just you know maybe maybe if she's the type of woman if i would think it ends at three but if she's the type of woman that would use somebody then she got somebody just for some meals you know what i'm saying <laughs> but I, I mean i think that's the hierarchy and i think that you know number one exists and number two can become number one if shit happens with number one yeah and number and they shift up you know number four ain't never gonna become nothing you know what i'm saying but <laughs> poor number, number four yeah number one two and three like if you number four you constantly gonna be in number four it's the, the only the only change in the rotation is at number damn one, that would have been a really good name for this podcast but that is the name of that movie i am number and i am number four it is damn if it was another number <laughs> i could have used it damn i like that movie anyway yeah. they never did anymore and they set it up for more and they, they set it up they for more it. they set that up for more and they set up um shit the other one where they um they they the people with power being tracked down and so they couldn't use their powers it's got dakota fanning in it i ain't seen that it is just gonna piss you off because it ends in a way where you ready for the rest and that nothing ever happened with it yeah but that's about it uh help us define what the hell a nerd is man if you you got them nerd plate if Help us out. The, if you got the two hours and four minutes of this podcast, Leroy and and Rockman, government name, yeah, uh, nerd plate, yeah, let us know. Social introvert, see it be listening. Oh, hey Sid, help us understand what a nerd is from your perspective and whatnot. So, yeah, whatever you got anything else on your mind? Name the poetry section too. Oh Me yeah, the poetry section. If you got a name for that, then let us know what it be. But that's it. But that is it. And uh, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Follow.